Do you like heavy textured art that delights as it weirds you out and shocks you? Ever wondered what kind of webcomic Salvador Dali might make? Well, we have your next binge read with Tearcom. The comic follows the Drithers, a government-contracted group of individuals with unnatural abilities tasked with the objective of keeping what is considered society functioning. Caricom is a Drither, but her true objective is fighting. Follow Caricom and her co-workers as they complete nonsensical tasks and battle strange foes in a wasteland. Tearcom, a comic about animals and punching things. Read it now at tearcom.thecomicseries.com. That's T-I-R-K-O-M dot thecomicseries dot com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin the Bastard. With me this week is Mike the Skeptic. Mike, how you doing, buddy? It's cold. It's dark. I can't see anything. Where am I? Oh, my eyes were closed. Sorry. Yep. Sorry, buddy. That's that's all you this time. I did nothing. And uh, oh. actually, that's all we got this week. Uh, David is out uh, doing socializing stuff. What a what a loser! I know he could be sitting around talking about crazy crap that doesn't exist or may exist, and uh, instead he's out there like watching some kind of musical thing. It's crazy. So, going back to the the not your fault thing, um, you you do realize that I do not put it past you to kidnap me just to keep this podcast going, right? That's fine. I mean, I, I fully expect one day to wake up. And there's just like a microphone strapped to my head and I'm in like a wheelchair in an abandoned warehouse. <laughs> You're going to be in Uncle Touchy's podcast basement. Dungeon. Dungeon. Uncle Kevy's podcast dungeon. You won't wear a shirt and you'll cry. So uh, it's the weekend weird. Seeing as last time we were on, we did a, what did we cover last time? It wasn't Dancing Plague, was it? No, it was Easter. Easter. We took a week off. Had to the, take a week off. The Wabbit. Yes. Okay. So or did we take a week off? Or was we, that last week? We did because uh, it's been kind of hectic. For everybody. Everybody. So we're going to go into this in a minute, but there's something I want to talk about real quick. This is a, let's consider this the housekeeping. Uh, Mike, you remember we did the Graham Hancock episode of the show? Not at all. Don't remember a damn thing. Okay. Well, that's fine. You purge that every time we record. Yes. Um, it's what the alcohol's for. Yes. Well, it's one of our most listened to episodes. It's got like 500 something listens so far. I feel sorry for them. I mean, well, you know, I've always kind of, you know, had some respect for Graham Hancock and his theories because you know, I've read three of his books prior to the one I'm working on now, and they've always been like, well, you know, there could have been an ancient civilization destroyed by the younger Dryas. Uh, it, you know, 
all that fun stuff. I'm not saying it was aliens. I'm not saying it was Atlantis, all this other stuff. I'm just but saying. But you are. And then I got to this book. Now, this book I'm reading, uh, can't even remember the name right now, but it was uh, written in 2015 uh, after he started hanging out with Joe Rogan and uh, taking ayahuasca. So what? what is ayahuasca? I've been kind of vague on this every time oh, I bring it up. Oh, it's a... Uh, it's a naturally occurring hardcore psychedelic that's used in shamanistic ceremonies in South America, and it's highly advised that you not take ayahuasca. Ever? Uh, 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 well, unless you have someone there to guide you through the spiritual experience of what is about to fucking happen to your brain. So what's it come from? It's a good question. Let's look that up real quick. Because... I mean, I just, I'm just wondering how different is it from, say, peyote? And psilocybin and stuff yeah. like that? Uh, let's sorry, see. Sorry to spring a question. No, not hey, that's ready fine. Uh, ayahuasca is a South American psychoactive brew used both socially and as ceremonial oh, spiritual right. medicine like among the, the indigenous peoples of the Amazon basin. It is a psychedelic and ethnogenic mixed drink brew commonly you, made from Benisteriopsis caapi vine and the Psychotroia viridis shrub. Mm-hmm. Well, Kevin, would you would you cl- classify that as a strange brew? God, yes, actually. Uh The other required ingredient is a plant that contains the primary psychoactive DMT. Wow. That's like three psychoactive substances. Well, no, it's two, because the DMT comes from the Psychotroia viridis. But, yeah. Wow. No wonder they recommend a... a you got to have a trip sitter. slash trip sitter. Yeah, that's... Wow, that's a mind fucking a half right there. So, when are we getting some? Uh... I don't know how to get some in the States. It's illegal here. But, I mean, Joe Rogan does it all the time, and obviously Graham Hancock's doing it now, so his whole fucking brain is gone. It's illegal if you get caught. Yeah, okay, fair. But here's the thing about this ayahuasca thing with Graham Hancock is, now he is talking about Atlantis, and... Before he was talking about like socially and like mathematically advanced civilizations, and now he's talking about antediluvian sperm banks. Like, what's antediluvian? Prior to the Great Flood. Oh, so. Like, during the Ice Age, uh, this guy came down and told this dude. You need to build a huge underground complex with electric lights and shit, and bring in and you and know jizz animals. On <laughs> Give me a second, damn it! Uh, animals, plants, and the finest people in the world, and make sure you don't get anybody with a birth defect, a mental problem, a psychotic, or uh, anybody that's got like a cleft palate or anything. Don't get any of that. Because, um, you know, we're trying to rebuild the world, and then I wouldn't need you to, like, scrape their eggs and make them come in jars. Yeah, that's something they could, you know, Uh just do. Yeah, you know, because they 
totally had in vitro fertilization in the last ice age. Yes. And I want to point out, this is the part where I stopped listening to the audiobook. I was like, I, uh, oh, man, that that was kind of crushing to me, Mike. Yeah. I had a lot of respect for Graham Hancock, and that all went out the window today. Well, so I, I guess you can kind of see that someone in that realm, when you're when that's your job, right? Mm-hmm. Your job is the crazy shit. You mean like what we're doing? Well, that's not our job right now. It's a hobby. Like whenever we start right, actually right, right, making right, a living right. off of this. When the money starts coming. If, but, you know. So you have to continually, especially when you're publishing stuff like that, you continually have to like. Revise your ideas. One up yourself mm-hmm. and sell books. I mean. So us, I don't see it kind of happening because we're just superficially covering this shit, and there's always going to be new shit to cover. Oh, but yeah. when you're when you're knee repo- deep when you're, in when, the lost civilization thing, when you are doing quote what he, I'm assuming he assumes he's doing primary research. Oh no no shit. no no! He never claims he's oh. doing primary research. He makes but, friends with people that are doing primary research. Okay, but he's still having to. You know, once you've covered, you know, aliens and all this stuff, you have to sell books still. Yeah. No, so, I, get, I get it. I get it. I just. So you just kind of go off the deep end. Well, and also, I still blame the DMT. It's also when you're immersed in this stuff and anything, I guess. And I don't know. So I have a theory about not even really a theory, but. Just this feeling about, you see it in celebrities Mm -hmm. and successful people where, you know, everyone starts, you know, kissing their ass, right? Oh, this is a huffing your own fart. And so, yeah, they they start thinking they could do no wrong. So Mm -hmm. they just get more and more outlandish. Well, again, this all really started doubling down when uh, Joe Rogan brought him on the podcast and was like, you, man, tell me about dead civilizations. And he's like, yes, uh, I will. Yeah. Well, you know, Joe Rogan, never, never Joe Rogan. Never Joe Rogan. Not even once. But it's like meth. But at least for you know being a guest, I mean, I get I can understand people recreationally tuning into Joe Rogan, sure, sort of. I guess. I mean, um, I know several people that have listened to him, and I can't. As long as you don't I take res- him seriously, I respect these guys, you know, that listen to him, and I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. I just can't stand the dude. So, like I said, as long as you don't take him seriously and think he's some kind of like authority on anything. Mm-hmm. Hey, you remember back in like the 1800s, they had these philosophical salons where everybody would sit around and talk about these ideas and during the day uh, and have philosophical discussions instead of like holding down real jobs. That was the men of life, man. I tell you. Yeah. But like Joe Rogan's a guy that would get thrown out because he just didn't pay for enough coffee. (laughs) I mean, why why can't we have that again? Oh, my God. I kind of think that's what we're doing, isn't it? But I mean... Didn't did they did they have like day jobs? Ah, I think they had patrons that were like, think of something fun. Here, buy yourself a pretty new uh, frock. I was gonna say we 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 need something like that, like someone to you know pay us to just 
say stupid shit. Now, that being said, you can donate to our <laughs> Patreon at patreon.com slash supernatural selection pod. Like, oh, we need like Bill Gates or something. Uh, he's too busy. Well, you know what I mean? I said people. or something. Or something. Like, I come know. on, Elon Musk, you know, just, just throw us like, you know, 100K a year to just say stupid shit. <laughs> he's he, doing that, that, that for free, man. He finds that in his like couch cushions. That's like, it's under like the seat of pit- his under the seat of his Tesla. He's probably got like you know just a hundred large. Yeah, it's like that picture of Puff Daddy courtside counting money. Uh, sorry, P Diddy. I don't know what name he's going by anymore. But he's sitting there uh, at courtside counting hundred dollar bills, and there's like a ten in there, and he's looking at the ten like he's never seen that low of a denomination dollar before. Never seen that before. Oh, but, a, oh he's God. just looking at it like, what the fuck is this? That's oh man, that hurts me in the soul. I know. Well, that was a good cold open. Having, having grown up, you know, I'm just to say it, poor, pretty yeah. much poor. Yeah, poor. Kevin and I both pretty much grew up not like dirt poor. I mean, like like not going Pe- hungry poor, but peanut butter mayonnaise sandwich hungry for me. Oh well, yeah, I mean, but still like you know. Not, oh yeah, no, I, I know. Not middle class for sure. No, if it was middle class, it was low. No, middle was, class. No, it's definitely upper of the poor class. Upper low class. Yeah, we were kings of filth, pretty much. So anyway, yeah. But uh, should so, put a little violin music in over that part. We should put the laugh track in. Gosh, no. Too real. Ah, hey, too real. Sorry. So, this week we got some news stories. We're going to cover that. Uh, David's not here, so we're not going to have X-Gun give it to you. We don't have any questions this week, so we're just going to raw dog some news. So, Mike, I'm going to go first. Sure. Uh, This one I'm just bringing up because of the title. Mm Mm-hmm. Probing Uranus is top priority this decade, U.S. science advisors say. <laughs> well, you know, we don't know a lot about Uranus. Well, so you're not well going to find out the, a lot. Probe the hell out of it. Yeah, probe my probe Uranus. A uh, new report covering the next 10 years of American planetary science and astrobiology concludes that a Uranus orbiter and probe, you know what, Uranus orbiter and probe should be the, quote, highest priority large mission. This decadal survey from the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine is intended to shape funding and research efforts through 2032. So they're really hankering to get to Uranus, Mike. Yeah, well, I mean, this is the uh, the kind of, uh, um, you know, what would you call that? survey and stuff that shapes you know national science policy yeah, for no. stuff like you know our space telescopes and the mars missions and exactly stuff. So, well i mean that's what's it yeah is looking at you know where what we do we not know what do we know the least about in you know all of our in the solar system and whatnot well, no not even that i'm pretty sure i'm sure they have like earth sciences portions of this and all but this is just the uh, you know, right space part survey so, of astronomical goals. Yes, uh, I mean it's neat. I mean that's pretty fucking far out there. It's gonna be when they. Oh wait, okay. There's more here. The case for Uranus was made by a team led by Mark Hofstadler. 
a planetary scientist at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, in a white paper. Mm-hmm. And Mark Holstetter, I've heard that name before, you know? Yeah. That team concludes that the main goals should be to investigate the composition and structure of Uranus, the nature of its magnetic field, how its internal heat moves to the surface, and and specifics of its atmosphere, moons, and ring system. As previously reported by Gizmodo, Uranus smells like farts. (laughs) Well, it's right up your alley, isn't it? Uh, Well, my... (laughs) I just love that, first off, Uranus smells well, like farts. So, <laughs> I I don't think it does, really. So, yes, it has a lot of methane on it. Did you say methane? Methane. Methane? Yes. Either ways, you know, <laughs> works. Sorry, I didn't know but, we were in But London. it's also very fucking cold. So, if you know you know how in winter you yeah. can't really smell yeah. much. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so cold, your, your nose would just, like, frost off and fall also, off and you die. Yes. Yeah. Because no oxygen. Yeah, so I think, isn't Uranus the one where uh, ice, water ice is so hard, it's like basically the rock? It's like rocks. Yeah. And uh, also, isn't Uranus the one that's uh, tilted with its its, uh, ass toward the sun? Yeah. And it rotates in a weird way? Its rings basically go, if you're thinking about the solar system, instead of left or right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird one. So I'm pretty sure they would be interested in finding out if they can find out why sure. that is. I mean, there's some and, speculation that it was like smacked once, you know, yeah, big old and, collision. Yeah, it, I bet it was Nibiru. No, sure, why not? Because mm-hmm. be lizards. So yeah, I just thought that was kind of a fun thing to start with because you know who doesn't it, want their anus probed? If I remember right, also I think. Uh, it's speculated that all of its moons, or at least all most of its moons, are uh, large uh, captured bodies and not, you know, traditional moons. Okay, so it's all like asteroids and crap that yeah. get caught. Okay, neat. If I'm remembering right, because I, you know, read something earlier. Okay, somebody, when it first released. Yeah. Okay, somebody needs to go to the planetarium and get like a little children's book about Uranus that has information. So yeah, all just right. just as long as it's not a thing about anuses yeah well that's 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 a different site yeah all right mike what have you got so the first thing i have mm-hmm. so you know we always study things that happen before yes you know so this is news that just came out about something that happened in 2014 Ooh. but it's the first known interstellar meteor hit Earth in 2014. Oh, I heard about this. So, yeah. So, pretty much every other meteor we know about that it's, if we collected has been something, you know. Yeah, like from, from the our asteroid system. belt or yeah. Mars or something. Yeah. This was an interstellar meteor, so it means it has the Andromeda strain. Oh, we're going to die. Uh, but wait yeah. a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hmm. 2014. Yeah. COVID hits. 2019 but this was papua new guinea oh okay now yeah. move on so uh it crash landed january 8th 2014 uh just it doesn't say if it was in the ocean or not but it somewhere near papua new guinea mm-hmm. um the meteor was determined as interstellar from or from beyond the solar system by amir 
Sinraj in 2019. Well, this, you know, he. That was his name, Amir yeah. Sinraj? Yeah. Okay. But uh, a student at Harvard University. Right. But now it was uh, confirmed. Obviously. Oh, okay. Okay. And had they to get wrote, the science on it. Wrote, well, you know, wrote about it, published it, peer reviewed, and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Then it gets published in a known yeah. uh, scientific journal. Yeah. So. Now, that's, what did they, uh, what did they, how did they determine it? Was it like just loaded with helium three or what? Um, let's see here. No, it's basically the uh, velocity. Said that the velocity velocity estimate reported to NASA is sufficiently accurate to indicate an interstellar trajectory. Hmm. I would have assumed it had like some kind of like weird. I think I don't, doesn't sound like they actually not like recovered super. It. Oh, oh, okay. So just by so, the tracking of it, that they oh, were able to determine it was interstellar. Had Matthew McConaughey in it. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well, that's neat. I didn't know you could figure out, like, how fast would something have... What's the difference in speed when it's coming from outside the solar system? I just don't know how So, So, it has to do with orbits. So, if something... So... The gum? Yeah, no. So, if something... I don't know the numbers here, but... So... They're pretty fucking big. So, if you think of... So, if you were to launch a rocket from this... From Earth... Once you hit a certain speed, it hits, you know, becomes escape velocity. Right. Which means it will never come back to Earth. Right. So it'll go into basically a solar orbit. Uh huh. If it keeps accelerating, it'll hit escape velocity for the sun. Uh huh. Which means it'll never come back to the sun. So basically, it hit or it came into the solar system. It at was, a extra it was, solar velocity. It was booking it, is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, so it was, it was it going so to, fast, it, the only place it could have come from was outside the solar system. Because if it was in the solar system and going that fast, it would just shoot out of the solar system. And it was probably going fast enough uh, that it just, like, slingshotted around the outer planets. No. Actually, it's going so fast. It's probably going so fast that, you know... So when it's when you're going escape velocity, your speed is your speed your speed is basically greater than the you know speed necessary for an orbit. I mean, it will you know gravity will affect your trajectory, sure. but it'll never cause you you know a slingshot maneuver because a slingshot maneuver is when you go around a body mm-hmm. and basically it's kind of like a very long orbit. Right, but it would bend its trajectory, but it will never do a slingshot because. Well, that's yeah. I'm sorry because it's just going so fast. That's why I meant, but I got the terminology wrong. It's not bad. Yeah, but more than likely, it's just you know a beeline, and it's it's also sounds like they were. This is the first, but there were three others that were uh, um, found to be extrasolar. So it could just be like a galactic version of a you know meteor cloud because you know mm. when the, the Oort cloud not yes. the Oort the uh yeah it's the Oort cloud that's the one around the solar system well, no not the Oort cloud I'm tr- but the uh the yearly the meteor showers we get Lyriad yeah which is tonight actually Mike oh interesting yeah but, yeah those are basically you know small 
clouds of uh, material that we go mm-hmm. through every year. So you're thinking it's uh, could, you know, if there are three of them within kind of the same span, it could be you know a galactic version. It's obviously a lot more diffuse because only three of them have been uh, confirmed to have hit Earth. Mm-hmm. And also, they're going so fast. That's probably why they didn't like find anything because they probably just burned the freak up. Interesting hypothesis here. What if that's what happened at Tunguska? Well, Tunguska was an airburst. I know. I mean, was it? Was it uh, extra? It could have, I mean, like you know, it was. They said it was moving fast enough to build up enough air pressure in front of it to cause an explosion. And I'm like, well, that. So that sounds kind of like what you're talking about. Yeah, but. You know the velocities we're talking about. Even, even uh, an intrasolar velocity is enough to do that with okay. a sufficiently large object. I mean, it's not impossible, but I have not seen the uh, the inference whether Tunguska was a solar body or an extrasolar body. Yeah, that's true. Could have been I, either. I haven't either. And the problem is, there's so much friggin'. Uh, material on tunguska it's hard to see what's actual science and what is uh tesla using a death ray or like a spaceship crashing because there are people that hypothesize it was tesla testing a death ray i'm sitting here going that's no no he was testing opium at the time most likely just a guess the last uh, paragraphic article is saying uh you're currently investigating whether a mission to the bottom of the Pacific Ocean off the coast of Manus Island in the hopes of finding fragments of the 2014 meteor could be fruitful or even possible. Hmm. So, yeah. So, you know, depending on its size, you know, its speed was obviously pretty great. And so just because it's uh, escape velocity, mm-hmm. uh, velocity. You know, just because it's yeah. that fast does doesn't necessarily mean it's a lot faster. It's just so enough faster. Yeah. So, you know, you're you're not talking orders of magnitude faster. You could be. This article does not specify yeah. its. Uh, and, and by God, we are not scientists. Oh yeah, no. I've just played you know some Kerbal Space Program. <laughs> But um, <clears throat> that just depending on its in today's world, Mike, that counts as a degree. Don't yeah. sell yourself short. No, I, I mean I'll say I I knew I did not understand how orbits worked before playing that game. I wish there were more games that would teach you fundamental sciences. Well, fundamental things that are not otherwise hard to teach. Yeah, like. You know, I've seen people that uh, say, I understood the math behind orbits, but until I played Kerbal, I didn't understand the the uh, actual physics of the thing. Well, not even the physics, just the intuitiveness of it. Knowing the math right. is one thing, but, you know, being able to see how your change in velocity affects an orbit is, you know, pretty eye-opening. Like, right, right. So... <clears throat> So that being said, go out and play Kerbal. Yeah, yeah. I should do more of that. Sure. Uh, so I've got another story. Yeah. This is from futurism.com. I don't think I've got a single story this week, by the way, from Mysterious Universe. Oh, could be good. Yeah, sure. Futurism.com. Uh, 
story came out Tuesday by Noor Al-Sabai. Scientists say there may be a species of hobbit-like humanoids hiding on an island. These include reports of sightings by more than 30 eyewitnesses. Now, were, were, they, were they identified by their love of second breakfast? <laughs> yes. So it's been, uh, I'm going to quote the article here for a minute. Mm-hmm. It's been nearly 20 years since bones of a hobbit-like humanoid species were found on the Indonesian island of Flores. And according to one researcher, there may be more than ancient bones. In an essay for the Scientist magazine, retired ethnobiologist Gregory Forth describes why he believes Homo florensiensis, as they were called by the famous late anthropologist Mike Morwood when he found the Pleistocene-era bones on Flores in 2004, may still be alive and well in the forest of the island. Uh, now, of course, as soon as they discovered these things and the fact that they're about three feet tall, everybody started calling them the Hobbit. <laughs> started calling them Hobbits. Yeah. So, but the thing is, everybody said that the stories of these tiny men uh, persisted with the tribe uh, from memories of them having wiped the species out uh, several thousand years ago, which I'm like, ah, you know, I'm willing to give cultural memory, you know, a chance and everything. But uh, this guy says that the local tribe called the Leo have described encounters with a diminutive creature, which he believes may be one and the same as uh, the hobbits. Uh, He has reports of sightings by more than 30 eyewitnesses, uh, all of whom he says, I uh, quote, I spoke with directly, and I conclude that the best way to explain what they told me is that a non-sapiens hominin has survived on Flores to the present or very recent times. It also says, though he leaves the physiological details of his purported uncontact of this un- purported uncontacted humanoid species to be read in his book. Fourth does know that the note that the Leo people find the ape man's appearance as something incompletely human, which by his estimation is problematic and disturbing to this indigenous group. Um. So so we're talking not like little people. Well, we're talking like something that sounds more like a hominid monkey. It sounds kind of like. Little Bigfoots. Little feet. Little foots, yeah. Not from the land before time, but it is still a human relative. Well. Because it is a homo. It has enough. The bones uh, that they found are of a hominid species. It's not. So we've had, we have had this happen in the past with uh uh, typing fo- uh, fossils and stuff where turns out they were just, you know, convergent evolution. Mm. I mean, it doesn't necessarily... No, yeah, like the crab thing. Well, no, not the crab thing, but I'm just saying that there's a lot of species that look like other species and used to be thought to be on the same branch, but they weren't when it was actually... When we were right. able to, uh, you know type their sequence their genomes and find out oh they're really not that closely related yeah well if you look i just sent you a wikipedia article and you can actually see the yeah. skull and that is a fairly human looking skull yeah well 
Mm. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe they're related to humans. Maybe they're weird little monkey dudes. Uh, early species of Homo and a sister species to Homo habilis. So they say, but... But yeah, no, it's it's interesting. Uh, it sounds like a cryptid to me. What it actually reminds me of, it reminds me, from that description, it reminds me less of the Hobbit people and more of the Orang Pendek. Just this weird little dude. Yeah, no, it's like a little weird little monkey dude that's too human to be an ape and scares the shit out of people because of, like, Uncanny Valley. Which I still maintain that the Uncanny Valley is a holdover uh, from our species dealing with other hominid species. Mm, I, I think the Uncanny Valley more is about, you know, not touching dead things. Maybe, but I can't, you know, I just feel like you're, you're I, I primitive, don't, you're in the woods, you see something that looks kind of human, but it's not human, and you're like, ugh. Other. No, I, I don't think we had enough contact with other hominids to Mike, be that ingrained into our bones. Mike, there is Neanderthal DNA in the human genome. We fucked those guys. Yeah, but then we weren't afraid of them, were we? We, we, no. we saw them, we were like, hey, those I, are sexy. That is weird. So actually, let's let's not mince words here. I'm pretty sure the chroma the Cro-Magnon, I'm pretty sure the Neanderthal yeah. was the aggressor in that situation. Basically, Fred Flintstone found uh, Judy Jetson. No, no, no. They could it could have been consensual. You don't know. Sure, why not? They're, they're like the the uh, they were the uh, prehistoric version of furries. <laughs> well, this just got weird. But Con- I find it fascinating. Uh, I, I'm I mean, not considering that you know both both species, as far as I know, were fairly tribal and you know family oriented. I don't think it was like alone, unless it was like one group captured a single one and like forced him to be their like rape slave i hate that word i know i do too it's pretty icky yeah but what else would you call it uh i don't know but like i picture like there's this one neanderthal that's like genghis khan yeah we're like we're all descended from him (laughs) but yeah so not not what were we talking about again? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about the Hobbit people. Oh yeah, so the Hobbit people. Yeah, um, I kind of feel like they, it's they, a weird ape. Did they did they find the gold ring? What? Hobbits don't they all have gold rings? No, <laughs> no. One had a gold ring. Two had a gold ring. Three had a gold <laughs> ring. But it was the same gold ring, so they shared it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. But no, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, I just kind of feel like what they're seeing is the Orang Pendek, which is a cryptid that is language-wise related to the orangutan, but uh, different because it's more human and villagers hate them. I think you're making too many assumptions. Uh, Sure, maybe, but I mean... Which may, uh, I'm look, I'm citing with you saying that it's like a little monkey dude. <laughs> All right, 
I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm actually agreeing with you for once. In that, it's. I mean, three foot seven inches. That's like the the height of a freaking chimp standing up. Sure, that's not that tall. Mm, Or short. Still, could it could just be like? I mean, I I don't know what normal monkey species they have, (laughs) but you know, could be something that's like a chimp that you know has that thing where it you know doesn't use its arms to walk anymore. Oh, oh, that that disease, like a yeah. bad back or something. Yeah, it's like uh, unloaded a truck and maybe it starts walking around. Damn it, Kevin! What our bad, you know, humans with bad backs? It's just genetic. That's why we walk upright because our backs are terrible. I can't argue with that at all. We started walking upright not for any grand purpose. It's because our ancestors had shitty backs. Yeah. No, I'm willing to agree because I know mine's hurting right now. I mean, you. I have to admit, in all of, if, if humans are designed. It's a shitty the, design. The worst of design of all is our backs. Yeah. Like, I don't know anybody that doesn't have at least some back problems. And it's also the like weakest point of our shit because it's easy to yeah. fuck up your back. Oh, yeah, man. And it's always fucked up from that point on. Mm-hmm. Do monkeys get bad backs? Do great apes get bad backs? That's a question I've well, often I mean, wondered. Like, do you ever, like a silverback gorilla, is he ever like, oh, God, I shouldn't have tried to lift that Toyota or whatever? Probably. I mean, you know. Other oh, animals. those bananas. I know, like, pets get bad backs, but is it just because sure. we have the the want to, you know, get them checked out and, you know, the doctors say, oh, yeah, you're, you know, your dog has a bad back. Or is it because we fucked them up through breeding? Yeah, that's possible, too. Yeah. Do wolves in the wild get bad backs? <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, we may have to do some research into that. Maybe. Maybe. Or we could just forget about it. Hey, what were you talking about again? Uh, hobbits. Oh, hobbits. Um, good on them. Yeah, good hope, on them. Ho- hopefully, you know, they had a Samwise to help them out in their trek to uh, the volcano. You know, I've actually got a theory about the hobbits from J.R.R. Tolkien, but we're not going to get into that. What I want to talk about it later. They found them sexy? No, we talked about how, like, they're smaller... And, like, they're harder to see now, and they're itty-bitty, and I'm like, he's talking about the Fae. He's saying that the hobbits, actually, they're gnomes. The hobbits are gnomes now. So, so Middle-earth was Earth-Earth. Yeah. Yeah. And it was prehistory England. And, and the hobbits are just now... Gnomes. Gnomes. Yep. And so they stand in gardens with pointy hats. Sure. Why not? Okay. Well, yep. We're, Yeah. So what else you got, Mike? So how about uh, Russian cybernella? Russia. Uh, we start over again. Yeah, you can leave that in though. Okay. How about Russian Cybern- Cold War Russian cybernetic telepathy? What? That's, so you just you just did you develop aphasia? Yeah, apparently I did because that first take was terrible. Yeah. Okay. Fair. But uh, three newly released CIA reports from 1963 and 64 investigate the Soviet Union's apparent use of 
extrasensory perception and attempted development of quote cybernetic telepathy. It what is that like? All right, Yuri, what are you getting? Well, I can get the inter- I can tell that the microwave does not like being used. So, um, so this, this is a long article. I'm not going to read everything about it. Yeah, but, sum up. Um, so basically, what they were using is well, they cybernetics, but this is the '60s. So cybernetics, how how cybernetic were they? Were you just like sticking wires in someone's head? They made them lick a nine volt battery, is my guess. But, so one of the things they were claiming to do was a. Uh, science, Russian scientist D.A. Kermanov. Is this the guy that cut the dog's head off and sewed it to another dog? Because so. fuck that guy. But he described one experiment where researchers in the USSR were able to, quote, tape the central nervous system signals of a man playing piano and then broadcast those messages back into the arms of another person who had never played the piano before. And the quote from him is saying that person would then benefit sorry that person would then be enabled to play difficult music but also would retain some of this skill as permanent learning kermanov claimed when pressed for further detail he could not provide it or refer to publications so what you're saying is that basically they record some dude's nervous system while doing something plug it into the back of another guy he looks up and goes I know kung fu. No, I know piano. <laughs> that's the only. Whoa. I guess that's the only thing they managed to do is. So they turned a human into a player piano. Sort of. So uh, apparently, someone was working on telepathy. Kermanov claimed that Vasilev had been able to demonstrate very strong extrasensory perception with certain subjects, but only certain persons are capable of receiving the quote waves. Oh, God. The agent said in his report, some of the ESP in which Kermanov admittedly believed involved not merely guessing events, but the prediction of future random events. Ooh. I like how we both went. Yeah. Made funny sounds. So this is this is interesting because, uh, you know me, I listened to last podcast. They talked a lot about MK Ultra recently. Uh, interesting story. The Russians put out a lot of false information about working with telepathy and psychics, uh, causing the United States to believe they had a uh, telepathy gap. So, so they started funneling money into psychic research. So that that seems to have happened a lot during the Cold War. Like mm-hmm. the Americans always seem to think that they were the Russians were ahead of it, them on it, something. It, it, it went both ways too. Mm-hmm. So a famous example is the uh, the space shuttle. Oh, the, the Russians saw the space shuttle because it was a very public. You oh know, yeah, no, it was a huge uh, PR project. campaign. Well, it, was a, it was a public project, so therefore the Russians could see what was going on, see how it was built. You know, they were pretty like even the dimensions and everything were pretty public knowledge. Yeah. So I the remember. Russians took all that information and thought the the ally the Americans must know something we don't. So they built a version of it. They built their Buran mm-hmm. and they tested it. And they came to the conclusion that this is ridiculous. (laughs) 
I mean, I love the space shuttle. I grew up with the space shuttle. Oh God, yeah, no, I love we both the space did. shuttle. Have all kinds of like, not a lot, but I have. You know, just growing up, I. I'm looking were, at space three Lego space shuttles yeah. right now that belong to you. The space shuttle was kind of my hero in yes. a weird way. No, I get it. I totally um, understand, dude. I will admit the space shuttle was a boondoggle. It was. I mean, it it didn't get the space it needed to, you know, the opportunities it needed to become a more successful project. Mm-hmm. But as it was, it was way too heavy, way. Uh, it was. It had design constraints put on it by both NASA and the Air Force, so it was heavier than it needed to be. It had capabilities it never utilized. Oh, really? Like what? Uh, so it had. So the big wings on the space shuttle mm-hmm. are for what's called a cross range, which is the ability to, you know, glide long distances. Yeah, that was envisioned originally to say if you're coming in and your original landing zone something's wrong with it or you wanted to glide a longer distance well those wings would give you that uh, possibility but in practice it was never used because there was never you know it just never needed but the air force that was their thing they was like we wanted to have this great cross-range capability um so a completely civilian space shuttle could have had smaller wings in a different configuration, which would have made it lighter and have more uh, payload capacity. Right. And just, just stuff like that. So that is an example of the Russians doing the same thing that they thought, you know, there was a space shuttle gap. They copied us, spent a lot of time and resources and found out, Oh, it's bullshit. You know, I mean, it was a decent vehicle, but, didn't do anything that they weren't already capable of it didn't add capability that they needed so they just abandoned it right same thing with you know this cybernetic stuff looks like we uh we knew about it in the 60s looked at it and yeah well i haven't told you the best part about the whole psychic warfare thing did i Yeah. what's that uh well you know they put out papers saying you know we're doing this psychic experimentation stuff america's like shit we better do that too and then russia looked at what we were doing and they're like fuck now there is a gap feedback so they start doing it too and then everybody kind of around the same time realized this is bullshit yeah because i mean i can't imagine what they could where we're doing with 60s level technology was I can't even believe anything they're saying in this article that they claimed no 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 like recording you know the someone playing the piano i mean we can't do that now yeah no i mean we're just starting to be able to tap into well every you know in all fairness you're reading a vice article oh yeah it is vice but uh i mean it's it's they're the sub the source they're citing which is these released uh, 1960s CIA reports are have you know interviews with these uh, Russian scientists and they're claiming the stuff was being I was being done. Still but maintain this was a smokescreen to get the Americans to waste money on something. It could have been, but also you have to understand how the Soviet uh, 
party and ran. Res- results are your shot. No, no, no. See what? So sort of, but there's also this kind of like mini fiefdoms where are we talking you know, about within the Russian government, yes, the Soviet yeah. government? Yeah, it's like you're you're closely guarding your little your little acorn, your little nut. That nobody can get your nut. You got to make sure nobody can touch your nut. This that first off, that's disgusting. <laughs> Secondly, this reminds me of the Japanese military during World War II. Yeah. So so you you got your thing. You're and you're of course you're hyping up your nut. You don't want your nut to look you know less glorious than other people's nuts, but you don't want anyone to touch your nut. I don't want to touch anybody's nut, Mike. I'm sorry. So, you have a situation where you've basically oversold your nut, and when when the government when when uh, the 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 big bad communists come to like check on your nut, they're like, oh, you don't have a nut there. You just have like nothing. You have nut stain. Yeah. So it, it's it's just this. The, so- I, I the whole Soviet system has this whole it. And we're even still seeing it to this day that even in Russia, they still have this whole distrust of everybody that makes everything so dysfunctional that it's just. Yeah, no, it's it's the whole every department is out for themselves and there's no communicate. It's like back in the old days when like there'd be a uh, criminal. And, like, now the police departments talk to each other because they wanted to have the arrest. Yeah. So there was no kind of cooperation between departments. Yeah, and you see that to this day, even in, you know, quote, former Soviet Russia. Right. Well, where we're hearing reports coming from the Ukraine, the Ukrainian invasion, that the same shit's happening. Nobody's talking to anybody else. So it's like, yeah, no, they. It's like stumble two armies stumbling into each other in the night, but they're on the same side. Well, not even that. It's just like they they just aren't sharing information. The different elements of the Soviet army, or there were so I say Soviet, but not Soviet. The different Russian. elements of the Russian Federation Army uh-huh. aren't trusting each other, aren't informing each other. Therefore, they're just weaker. Whereas you think of like the American military, they mm-hmm. they don't really believe we operate this way. But you know, sure, there's some rivalry be- between the different branches. But you know, the army together considers themselves a brotherhood. They, you know, you an army guy on the battlefield meets another army guy. They would die for each other, even though they've never met before. Yeah, it's about battle brothers. Yes, yeah. So totally. that as much. You know, that's kind of weird as that is that that strength there and that, you know, camaraderie that's important is important. And it's definitely a weakness of the uh, the Russian how how they do things. Yeah, no, definitely. It's definitely a problem. I, and I didn't realize I thought that was, you know, just a Soviet era thing. But oh, all no. this is, you know brought it to the attention that it's still ongoing well when you got a former kgb guy basically wishing it was still the soviet in charge um yeah yeah you get some shit like this and it's funny he must have really hid that because uh uh what's his name yeltsin totally tapped him for it 
and Yeltsin yeah. seemed like a very you know progressive guy. Well, Yeltsin was also a drinking guy. Well, yeah, but but he you know he realized that before the uh, I read a story just the other day before the uh, Iron Curtain fell, mm-hmm. he was in America just doing stuff, and they decided to go to a grocery store to just go to an American grocery store, you know, at random without any kind of, you know, just on the way to the airport, right. stop off at a grocery store. They walked like, into the grocery store, mm-hmm. saw what an American grocery store looks like. And they're like, we're going to lose. There's no way we can beat this because they have food because yeah, it was just there. You, I mean, you, you can know, just walk up, grab it, buy it and go home. Yeah. If you're in, you know, I mean, I don't, hopefully, you know, I don't know. How far our listeners' reach is. But, Shockingly far, Mike. But in any, I'm assuming any even European grocery store, you just, it's just food everywhere. There's stuff. There, there's, and we well, take it for yeah. granted. Like, you know, even in the height of the pandemic when, you know, now, there were shortages, it was still. Venezuela's pretty fucking bad right now. You still. walk out with food, but yeah, yeah and, and he saw that and realized, you know, it wasn't staged. It was a one they picked at random, so it's not like yeah, they. He, yeah, it, there, there was. Yeah, they were doing had, that basically so they could be like, well, they won't be able to set it up and yeah, we'll get to see how bad asked, Americans if had, have it. If they had asked their American, you know, tour guides or whatever, hey, let's go see a grocery store. Of course, they're going to take them to the set up, fully stocked grocery store. Mm-hmm. But when he realized that everyone in America is like that, that there was it was like, no, we we can't. We've yeah. lost. <clears throat> yeah. I and then mean, like four years later, I think, is when the... Uh, it fell. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, and, and there's a lot of people listening that are young and they may not remember this because, I mean, like, when we were growing up, like, you'd you'd hear about Soviet Russia and, like, you'd see stuff on the news of people in line bread at lines. an empty fucking store yeah. that just got some bread, not even sliced. We're talking about just some shit, hard-ass fucking dwarf bread. <laughs> and they're like, in line because that's your fucking food for the week because some bread showed up it It, was nightmarish yeah and even so you know we live in the south so there's a lot of hurricanes and stuff and we've we've had times where we've gone to the store and they've been just a run on fucking slap out of everything uh slap out of certain things yeah like like, you know your fucking milk sandwiches and yeah Rat of milk, like rat of bread, but mm-hmm. you, I have never been to a grocery store and not been able to buy something. Some food. Yeah. Which, you know, that's definitely kind of now, a at the first beginning, world problem. At the beginning of the pandemic, it got kind of bad, but it was still, you could buy fucking food. I could buy food. I mean, I yeah. mean there were, you know, weirdest thing was toilet paper and paper towels. Which I still, man, there are some motherfuckers, and I hope to God they're sitting there staring at their toilet paper going... Why'd I do this? Oh, no. There were definitely reports of people that were hoarding and expecting mm-hmm. to, like, turn for a profit. You oh, know, yeah. Paper no. products. Yeah. I just hope they're fucking... Man, fuck those people. Yeah. But anyway, so... Yeah. <laughs> I, I lost it. <laughs> yeah, we, no. We, we were talking about Russia no. and the whole... Yeah. 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 I... I <clears throat> Russia is was let me rephrase this. Okay, so yeah, the USSR I, I, was 
all yeah, appearances. USSR. So I did have a thing. So Kevin, when when the USSR fell, mm-hmm. it was very sur- a very surreal moment. I don't think I could even process it for several years. Like mm-hmm. it just didn't seem like a thing that could happen. Yeah, no, it was it. And like I remember when it happened, one of my friends was like, "Well, who's going to be the bad guys in the movies now?" <laughs> Yeah, I was I like, mean, that's a really good fucking point. Because, I mean, who's James Bond going to go up against now? Yeah. For, I guess China. For decades. What, that happened in 94, didn't it? Uh, yeah, somewhere in there. It's in the 90s. I'm pretty sure it was like 94 or something mm-hmm. like that. But, yeah, when it, when it happened, so that was probably around we are in high school. Um, and it just didn't seem like they had been... Trumped up, you know, not trumped up, but you know, the, like you said, the U.S. the USSR had been the bad guys for so long. Oh yeah. Um, it's like so. It's like if Darth Vader had died halfway through the first movie. Yeah. It's like what now? Yeah. What? what yeah. What? Now? And I mean, like when it happened. I mean, it's one of those things that have been there our whole lives. I mean, that's like, Mike, there are still times, and if you're out there listening, this is like a big-time clue as to how old me and Mike are. There are times I'm still like, holy shit, there's only one Germany now. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, for for when we were growing up, there was East and West Germany. East and West Berlin. The fucking Nin- wall went right through the city. Oh, the Iron Curtain fell in 91? Yeah. Shit. It was like December of Holy 91. Holy crap. God, Mike, we sound like a Billy Joel song. Yeah. No, we're definitely. Yeah. But, like, I still, there. there's times where I'm like, there used to be two fucking Germanys, man. What the fuck happened? Yeah. There was good Germany and bad Germany, and neither <laughs> of them was very good. <laughs> I remember comedians when the fucking Berlin Wall fell and East and West reunited into just Germany. And this one comedian was like, I don't like this. You know, when Germany was one country, not a lot of good shit happened. Yeah. I was like, ooh, that's a good point. (laughs) But yeah, so we've reminisced. I've got one more story. Sure. All right. This isn't actually a story story. This is something I discovered today. I found a uh, image, you know, those iceberg images. Yeah. And uh, somewhere in there was something called the CERN ritual. And I was like, what? Because, Mike, you know CERN. You know what CERN is. Yeah. Uh, the U- And, like, there's all sorts of conspiracy theories about it. The CERN ritual hoax, according to Wikipedia, which the fact that there's a Wikipedia article on this, (laughs) is a found footage video that depicts a supposed occult ritual occurring on the grounds of CERN. And it does appear to be on the grounds of CERN. A European particle physics research organization. The video shows several people dressed in black cloaks surrounding a statue of the Hindu deity Shiva. And then apparently stabbing a woman in human sacrifice. The video ends with the person filming, crying out, and running away. (laughs) The video became popular in August of 2016. How I missed this, I don't know. Buoyed by many existing conspiracy theories concerning CERN. 
CERN later stated in its FAQ that the video was fiction and the actions violated its professional guidelines. Uh, Let's see, the video caused controversy both by creating mockery of existing theories and by fueling existing conspiracy theories about CERN activities. Given that the ritual was performed in front of a statue of dancing Shiva slash Nataraja, some believe the ritual was was satanic in nature. This further fueled theories that CERN's goal was to use the Large Hadron Collider to create either a portal to hell to summon the Antichrist <laughs> or just fucking plain old destroy the universe. Oh, yeah. You know, might as well. So, I looked up the video and uh, I've never seen such an unnatural stab. So, uh, so, so, what do you think? It was just like a bunch of drama majors or something? I think it was a bunch of uh, I think some guy knew some folks at CERN Convinced them to let her do a prank video because all the conspiracies they thought it would be funny and uh, it wasn't is what I think happened. But uh, I, th- I kind of feel like I mean, this it's is just it's just outside, so I mean, yeah. it doesn't even necessarily have. To, well, I mean, I guess have to get on grounds, but and they have to set up that Shiva statue. Like, doesn't CERN have fucking security? I mean, it depends on what you're talking about. CERN, you know, it does this say exactly where it is? No. So, you know, there's definitely different locations. I'm sure around even the LHC, they probably have different, you know, because it's like a, a large radius. So you yeah. can't fence off the whole area. So I'm sure they have, you know, clusters of buildings situated around that, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. You know what this really makes me think, though? Hmm. I'm so glad flash mobs aren't a thing anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You think they're not a thing. Well, I hope they're not a thing. How's that? That's not really... I don't know. Seeing that quote-unquote statue. Well, if you look in the video where the camera moves around more, you can see that it is a statue. I mean, it's obviously a standing piece i know but like the statue when it the camera moves around it more you see that it is actually a statue in the circle it doesn't look like it from that screenshot but anyway the point is i kind of feel like we should do an episode about cern at some point in the future because of this i'm concerned i you should actually that's going to be the name concerned (laughs) or concerned uh, and we're going to talk about the various conspiracy theories involving CERN. Yes. So, have you got any other articles? Sure. Why not? I got I got a little lighthearted thing. Well, not light, light, not light, lighthearted because it's sad, but it's also funny. Oh boy. Okay. What you got? Well, it's uh kind of two things, but well, a story and then a happy resolution for it. But. Oh, good. Dog is dumped at North Carolina shelter because owners said it might be gay. What? So, uh... It's a dog. They're all gay. Fresco, described as a four- to five-year-old dog of unknown breed, was recently dropped off at the Stanley County Animal Protective Services in Albem... Albem... North Carolina. I'm not even going to try to say that. Albemary... 
North Carolina. Albemarle. Marl. Albemarle. Albemarle. Sure, that why not? Southern as fuck. Albemarle. Yeah. That's my nephew's son. Yeah. The reason Fresco apparently humped another male dog, and the dog's owners assume that the canine was a gay nine mm-hmm. and didn't want him around, so they left him at the shelter. Well, fuck those people. So, uh, but but the good news is, in a, in a later article, they that the gay dog was in fact adopted. Good. And you know the dog is probably not more more or less gay than any other. Every dog, dog will fuck anything. Yes, it doesn't matter if you see your dog fucking a boy dog. You know what? It's done it before. It's gonna do it yeah. again. Just saying. Dog dogs will fuck things such as legs and seals, animal stuffed animals, cats, cats, rabbits. Doesn't matter. Well, it'll eat a rabbit, but the because you never caught a rabbit and you ain't old friend of mine. But yeah, anyway. Oh, so, so yeah. Well, good, dog. good. I'm glad the dog got adopted. That's good. You were right. It's sad, but it has a happy ending. Yes. So I got. Uh, we're not doing X. Going to give it to you because I just don't want to go to four chan. But uh, let's have a high strangeness moment before we close out. All right. I I'm not high, so. Well, I am on uh, Reddit in R slash High Strangeness, which is explorations of the paranormal, UFOs, ancient cultures, cryptozoology, consciousness, futurism, fringe science, anomalies, animal mutilations, and instances of high strangeness. So, this show, the subreddit. <laughs> so. Uh, let's see. Now, I'm, I'm paraphrasing the title because it's spelled real bad because we're on Reddit. I had a friend no one seems to remember, but I swear she was real. What? Just to start this off, and you comment during this as much as you want. Just to start this off, this is one of the few memories I have that truly cannot be explained, capitalized explained, next to one other, which could be its own post alone. I was about 5-7 when I knew a girl named Savannah. She was a small girl. Okay, Savannah's not capitalized. Girl is capitalized. She was a small girl with bright red hair and beautiful eyes. I can't remember the color. We were best friends for a long time. We would play with all the kids in the neighborhood, and we would hang out all alone at the times as well. I have vivid memories of us sitting on, capitalized sitting on her capitalized front porch. Just... Talking and eating ginger suckers or lollipops. She was very small and was sick a lot to my memory. But one of my last and favorite memories of her was one winter we had literal capital literally played for capital hours and we made a Winnie the Poop snowman. <laughs> then she just disappeared. And I mean that. No one, no one knew what happened to her. Her name was Poochie. <laughs> She died on the way to her own planet. My mom can't remember her and or what happened to her. My brother doesn't remember her. And I have lost all contacts with the kids who would might remember would her as we moved when I was 10 dash close to nine years ago. I swear to God's plural. She was real. I can describe to you what she looked like, what her mom looked like and her dad. I have tried off and on for years to find out what happened to lowercase Savannah, 
But at this point, I am at lost. I will list this now. I am severely dyslexic. I do not edit these posts as it can take me a long time. I was recently diagnosed with schizophrenia. Uh, okay, so at f- when you said the dyslexic thing, I was like feeling bad for f- hating their I, writing. I was too, because I did not pre-read this. Uh, I was recently diagnosed with schizophrenia, so maybe it's all in my head, but fuck it, felt real, capital real, and the memories were feel real. I don't think he's dyslexic, I just think he's a shitty writer. I think he has internet speakism. Oh, I don't, I think it's, I mean, it just sounds like it's bullshit, but that's just me. The whole thing does, but I just wanted to get that out there. the dyslexic part. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think he's dyslexic. And also, the thing about high strangeness is there's a rule. You cannot ridicule anyone in this forum for any reason. Yeah. First response. Just because your family doesn't remember her doesn't mean she wasn't real. Just because nobody remembers anything ever doesn't mean it's not real. Next one is, you know, memory is a funny thing. It's not reliable. It's more easily influenced than we like to think. And then explaining why they're wrong. Or maybe she slipped into an alternate dimension. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you never know. I don't know, but. So, so in my, in my venturing for new stuff, I've found a weird thing. It's super short. So, okay. But apparently, due to an obscure law, jazz has been banned in New Orleans schools since 1922. They just recently found out because nobody read that law, I guess. I uh, wow, in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean that's like man, Dan- jazz and dancing. And so, da- oh wow, New Orleans is technically the town from Footloose. So so when I went to a uh, elementary school dance and danced, I broke the law. Yes, you did. You broke the law, and uh, if they played jazz music, you were double fucked. But of course, just like everything, said the policy was quote rooted in racism. <laughs> of course, it was. Uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So uh, I guess that's it for this week. Yeah. You got anything else you want to add, Mike? Um, not really, I guess. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. Uh, don't forget, you can find all the information about this crazy crap at supernatpod.rocks. If you would like to advertise at the beginning of the show, like our more recent sponsors, you can hit us up on our Twitter, at supernatpod. Uh, And me and David will get back to you as soon as we can. We have really enjoyed doing these ads. Um, But yeah, join the Discord. We have not had many new people hop in. You can uh, head to our website. There's a link in the top menu for the Discord. So check it out. Uh, I guess that's about it. So Mike, again, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. And You're uh, welcome. Something like that. <laughs> Froy Laven. Uh, yes. So we will see you guys next week. Until then, stay fresh, cheese bags. I don't know. It sounds less natural when you say it there. Yeah. It sounded better when you said it earlier tonight. Stay fresh, cheese bags. 
Yeah, no. Stay safe and stay frosty. Goodbye. Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs> That's your sign nah. off. It's not mine. Nah. <laughs> that will, will you workshop know, it. You know not thumbprint. print.